friends, Dean here. That's right, I'm back. In a few moments, you'll get to hear a previously unaired episode of this podcast. But first, I'd love to tell you where I've been hiding out for the past 13 months or so. Oh boy, it's a doozy. As you know, The Corporation is my unofficial podcast all about the coolest mega corporation in the world, Hogswood Cooper Media. The podcast was humming along for exactly one year, and then back in October of 2020, I was served with a cease and desist from Hogswood Cooper. They stated I was damaging their brand by my tenuous association with them, saying I was, quote, clearly mocking HCM with a manufactured and cynical false enthusiasm, unquote. Of course, you know what my first thought was. Someone at Hogswood Cooper has heard my podcast. Wow, so exciting. I wondered if it was J.J. Cooper Sr., the CEO. That would be amazing. But my second thought was, oh no, I've offended them. Boy, I really hated that they thought I was making fun of them. As you know, I'm a huge fan of everything HCM does. Except for, you know, suing me. Unless, I don't know, maybe maybe I deserved it somehow? Anyway, it broke my heart to stop podcasting, but my attorney, who also happens to be my younger cousin, Derek, recommended I lay off it for a while. So I stopped putting out episodes for the rest of 2020. During that time, I made a New Year's resolution to travel more. I figured perfect timing, both because the podcast was on a break and because at the time I was in a heated argument with my landlord after I accidentally flushed three fruit roll-ups down the toilet. So I decided to go see the monuments of the nation's capital. Man, I had never seen Washington, D.C. before. Do you believe that? A freedom-loving guy like me never going to the heart of American democracy? <laughs> That's just silly. I got one of those fabulous midweek package tour bus deals. And the minute I stepped on board, everyone was so friendly. It was mostly guys in their 50s. They were all pretty keyed up. We arrived at our first destination, the U.S. Capitol building, and everything there felt pretty rowdy. Like I said, I've never been to D.C., so I was like, maybe this is just normal tourist traffic. But for a Wednesday morning, it seemed, you know, a little rambunctious. I asked the bus driver how many other attractions we were going to that day, and he just laughed and said, buddy, it's January 6th. Before I knew it, someone handed me a walking stick, and I was following the crowd right into the building. Now you all know what happened that day. It turns out, when all those 50-year-old white guys were chanting, stop the steal, on the bus... They weren't talking about the Danielle Steele novel I was reading. I got really self-conscious. I put it away about 10 miles into the trip. No, this whole thing was a coordinated effort to stop the theft of American democracy, and I was right in the middle of it. As it turns out, I was a little too in the middle of it. You know, other guys kept getting tackled and pinned down by the cops. I did realize at this point that I was not on a walking tour of the Capitol, but I just kept walking anyway, looking at the paintings and marveling at the architecture. I wasn't going to let an attempted coup of the U.S. government stop me from doing what I came to do, appreciate the seat of American freedom and democracy. Through the tear gas and the screaming crowds, I took in these incredible symbols of American exceptionalism. Because I was just kind of wandering around, not drawing attention to myself, no one ever stopped me. So it was very surprising when I got to this one super fancy room and I heard shouting behind me. It was the Capitol Police, guns drawn, telling me to drop the weapon and get on the ground. Two things I later learned... One, the walking stick I was carrying was actually something called a fauchard, a type of 17th century polearm weapon. And two, I was on the other side of the door from Mike Pence at that very moment. Can you believe it? Yards away from the man himself. I immediately curled into a ball on the ground. A lot of the guys I was with that day never even got in trouble, but I guess I was seen as an imminent threat to the life of the vice president. 
Derek, my cousin lawyer, said the government wanted my part in that day covered up. I guess they didn't want the media knowing how close I had gotten to the VP. I told him I didn't even know he was there. I was just looking at paintings, but I guess no one believed me, including Derek, by the way. They threw me in jail. I was transferred to a maximum security prison. I never even saw the inside of a courtroom. Prison was actually pretty great. Movies are always showing the bad stuff, but I met a guy there the first day, Militia John, who took a shine to me when he found out what I was in for. He made sure no one messed with me, and after a while, his whole cadre of friends started calling me Mean Dean and offering me cigarettes, which made me cough for 20 minutes the one time I tried them. Oh, I even saw Cal McGargle, who I interviewed in episode 10 of this podcast. He was as chipper as ever, and he even let me do a takeover of the prison's Instagram one day. So I had settled in for a long stay, especially after the warden told me I was going to be in there for many, many years. And then, out of the blue, last week, a true Christmas miracle. I got a visit from my cousin lawyer, Derek, who started with the bad news. The founder and president of Hogswood Cooper, J.J. Cooper Sr., had suddenly passed away when he fell between two teacups at his own amusement park and was crushed to death. People only noticed when all the teacups and the music slowed way down and the children began to hear crunching bones. Anyway, that was the bad news. The good news came in the form of a one-page note, scrawled on a piece of Hogswood letterhead that Derek handed across the table to me. It was from J.J. Cooper's super cool grandson, Trip Cooper, who I interviewed way back in episode four. I have it right here. Hang on. Uh, It says, Yo, Dino, I'm Prez now. LOL. Listened to three episodes of the pod, and it's great. Lawsuit dropped. We're cool. TC. P.S. I'm springing you. So, not only was I free to make more episodes of The Corporation for you folks, I was actually free. He pulled some strings and he got the rest of my sentence commuted. I was back on the street in a matter of hours. What a great country we live in. Sometimes I think about Militia John and Cal McGargle, and I feel guilty that I'm out here and they're in there. But it's all in who you know, I guess. And I know Trip Cooper, the new CEO of Hogswood Cooper Media. And that's all because I started this podcast with you folks 27 months ago. If you believe in yourselves, truly anything is possible. As a special holiday gift to you, I can now play you the last interview I recorded before Hogswood Cooper slapped me with a breach of intellectual property suit, and then I went to prison for almost a year for treason and attempted assassination. Now, this episode is a bit dated. We do talk about the 2020 political race, and it was recorded outdoors for pandemic reasons, so the audio isn't perfect, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. And hey, stay tuned. Season 2 of The Corporation begins January 18th. Merry Christmas, everyone. And without further ado, please enjoy Season 1, Episode 38, the Season 1 finale of The Corporation. colleagues hello friends welcome to the unofficial podcast all about hogswood cooper media if you don't know hogswood cooper is the international conglomerate that owns everything from coal mines to tech startups news stations to casinos now i don't work for hcm personally i'm just their number one fan and with this podcast i'm on a mission i want to interview folks who work in every subsidiary of this remarkable company so join me won't you i'm dean ardenfeld and this 
is the corporation. My first guest is the lead copywriter at GOP Direct, the national marketing firm responsible for millions of campaign emails and direct mailers every single day. GOP Direct supports some of the most exciting conservative candidates in U.S. political races today, and my guest writes many of their most eye-catching headlines. In his spare time, he creates dioramas of great films of the 90s and early 2000s. Please welcome Tandy Schiltz. Oh, Dean, thank you so much for having me. And may I say, you read that copy beautifully. Oh, thank you. Wow. Yes. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm assuming like a lot of times when you write copy, uh, you, go, you don't get to hear people... Uh, read it out loud. No, it's it's actually quite interesting. I that th- that part escapes me, but we do read sure. it in the in the room, as I like to say, the room where it happens. I see <laughs> the room where it. Ha- so there is a room, like a I writer's am, room. I am a Hamilton fan. Yes, it's the room where it happens for you is yes. a room where a bunch of copywriters get together and write conservative and we headlines. Write conservative headlines yeah. for the most up and coming mm. conservative candidates in the U.S. political races today. I stole yeah. from your copy. Oh well, thank you. I that's like uh you know. I don't even know. It's what like that's Michael like. Jordan giving you a basketball. Thank you. Thank you for see. You're the writer, not me. You're you're, you're the writer. You're the creative, not me. Uh, I know people have sometimes criticized you because some of these emails have some very uh, some very some very uh, uh, spurious information in them, mm. and people accuse you of making things up to scare old people and all that sort of thing. What's your response to that? Well, I, I will say, fear does work as a marketing tool. Mm. You know, I let me take one of the most famous marketing catchphrases. You know, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Sure. Right. right. Now you think of a Kit Kat bar. Are, are right. you about to? Are you about to tell me that that is a fear-based? That is a fear-based marketing campaign. <laughs> okay. And how? I can't uh, wait to well, hear how. Again, you'll have to uh, uh, do. Pardon me. I am a bit older than you. I remember I mean, Kit Kat. You don't know before. that for sure, but yes. Oh yes, indeed. <laughs> My age cannot be really nailed down. Oh, uh, well, well, anyway, I, yeah. you know, I was born around the time when Kit Kats first came out, you see. Okay. And at that point, the Kit Kat bar slogan hmm. was Kit Kat patty whack give me a bar and it wasn't that catchy and then no i mean i know what it's a takeoff on but the meter's all off yeah the meter was all off and and the fear came from taking a candy bar at that point you would never break a snickers you would never break a reese's pieces peanut butter cup so people were people were uh, afraid to even try to break off a piece of a a candy bar and then we had to use that fear to motivate people to say it is okay yeah to break off a piece of that kit kat bar okay okay so you're sort of tapping into an existing fear and letting people know it's okay don't worry we've got you yes we've got that's we're the solution to the fear right we are the solution to the fear dean absolutely and that's i mean that's what i've seen in a lot of your campaign emails and stuff it's Mm -hmm. all about like uh, Joe Biden is coming for your guns. He's going to break down your door and take them from you. Uh, the person uh, who, who, you know, will, will be the solution to that is this failed businessman from the 90s, right? Uh, well, <laughs> okay. Yes, Dean. <laughs> well, again, I don't want to... I'll, I'll, I'll have you please uh, cut that out, uh, please. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure, you know, yeah. No, I didn't mean to editorialize. I please, certainly yeah, don't. I'm, I'm, again, we don't like to get political. I'm apolitical so. here. I please mean, I'm, be apolitical. I'm a don't journalist. call my... One of my clients, Hal, a failed businessman from the 90s. Uh-huh. He yeah. was... Hal, you say? <laughs> what was that? You say one of my clients, Hal? Is that what you said? No. No. Ha- what? Let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. My guest is wearing a mask, so it's sometimes oh, difficult. <laughs> no, it's fine. Should, should, I, should I take it off? No, not... I'll not... take off my... Uh, my. You know, I got this from the uh, the premiere of the mask. <laughs> 
You got it I from love the- 90s and t- I love 90s movies, as we know from my diary. Yes, of course. Yeah, and you and you went to the premiere of the Jim Carrey film, The Mask. Yes. Well, well let's get into that. And later. they gave out masks. They gave out masks. It made the movie experience very hard to enjoy. Sure. I yeah. couldn't see well. You couldn't see the film because you were wearing. A I mask? was the t- eye holes were so tiny. Oh, okay. I see. All right. I suspect it was made by children. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I maybe I should have been a little more clear to my listeners uh, because they're probably picturing uh, like a coronavirus mask over your mouth. But you were wearing a full Jim Carrey full mask that covered your whole face, like a Halloween costume. Big head. Yes. And I wasn't going to comment on it, but uh, then I started to mishear you, and then you thankfully took it off so well, it's nice yeah, well, to see your face for the first time oh and what do you think of my face uh oh it's deli- it's delightful um it it's uh it's a face i would trust if uh if if i saw it you know in the, in the footer of an email that said please give us your money we're going to match uh 700% of donations for the next 2 hours absolutely yeah that sort absolutely. of thing mm-hmm. well dean i know that in, again in these days in this day and age though we have to be very creative mm. and go beyond sure. what we currently do we yeah. can't use the typical fear-based tactics. I don't know how much time we have to get into this. We've got all the time in the world, but okay. I, I am interested to know if you have like personal favorite slogans or campaigns that you feel have worked really well or mm-hmm. what have you. Yes, let's, let's take a real, um, this is more of a down-ballot example. We can go with Trump and Biden, sure, but let's go with a mm-hmm. down-ballot example. Sure. So in Alabama, many people might not know that the state comptroller position, it's between a Republican and a Democratic candidate. Right? Okay. Democratic candidate, it's John P. Goodman. And wow. the Republican candidate is uh, Phineas T. Nefario. And wow. Phineas, to me, he is the ideal candidate because he is, a, if I may say, he's a very bold man. Mm. He cuts spending mm. for the taxpayer. He is someone who believes that the climate is changing all the time. And he doesn't really pull punches when it comes to the uh, "quote unquote" uh, crybaby liberals who okay. try to. Am I? Am I? Um, am, I, am, I am I resonating with you, Dean? Sure. I wasn't exactly sure whether you meant uh, he d- he doesn't uh, the climate thing. Did he mean environmental climate or political climate? Oh, it's it, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. But when we look at that candidate, we have to then we attack John P. Goodman. Now, sure. What we, now, what do we know? Now, what do we know? About John P. Goodman, and this is not the John Goodman from like the '90s and 2000s. This is films John P. We... Goodman. Okay, because I know you probably also know John Goodman from who the, the films from. You're a, you're a buff of '90s and 2000s anyway, film. Anyway, John okay. P. Goodman. He is. A, he. We have to go be be creative. So we can't yeah. go with the typical. He eats children. Right. He is part of a sex dungeon in a pizza shop. Uh-huh. We can't go with those typical stories. Sure. So we do have a method that I call the creativity method. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was almost like you made that up as you were saying it. A little bit. Uh, It's a bit of word association. So I would say John P. Goodman. Goodman makes me think about the Crucible. Crucible, like witches. The play, the Crucible, had witches in it. Witches drink brew. Brew is synonymous with beer. He was drunk. John P. Goodman was drunk driving in Salem, Massachusetts. Wow. Wow. And so... And it really is that easy. It's just A to B to C. Honestly, you never know where it's coming from. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what been one of the criticisms that people uh, lobby against your marketing emails. I don't know where this is coming from. Both, I don't know what email address this is coming from and how they got my list, how they got my email address, and I don't know where this messaging is coming from because it seems like it was made up in an A to B to C scenario. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So what happens when people, uh, you know, they, they c- criticize you or try to take legal action against you for false advertising or making up stories? Well, uh, well, let me ask you this, Dean. Do you want the serious answer or like the fun answer? 
Oh, I, I would take either or both. Okay, the serious answer is, of course, we've packed the courts with Republican-leaning judges, so okay. we're perfectly... We can do whatever the fuck we want right now. <laughs> uh, that's, of course, off the record. Please strike that from the record. Uh, but the sure, fun sure. answer is, you know, I know every circuit court judge in the country. Okay. And I can really... I can help them. You know, it's a little bit of a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch you, if you know what I mean. I scratch your back, you scratch me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And who doesn't like to be scratched? You'll be scratched, Dean. Sure, yeah, sure. What I meant, and, and what you I see what just happened there. We were talking about legal action, yeah. and now you, you just admitted you like scratching. Sure. People scratching you. Yeah. That's the kind of trickery that we kind of, the, the tactics, okay. if you will, that we get into to kind of circumvent these, uh, these, so the these fact lawsuits. So the fact that I'm confused and a little bit on my heels and you haven't answered the question yet is the point. We do bank on people not tracking conversation. Sure, gotcha. I mean, it is sort of my job to track conversation, but I'm already a little bit confused and uh, and feel the need to move on. Is that what you wanted from me? Another marketing campaign successful. Wow, wow. It's it's interesting to see how the sausage gets made here. I would really I really find that so fascinating. Um, I've gotten a lot of these emails that you've written, I think, from my grandparents. They get forwarded, and most of the time it's like forward, 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 forward. You know, uh, John P. Goodman you know, killed a hooker in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> so um, uh, is that what your ultimate goal is, is for like older voters to be forwarding these messages along to younger voters? I absolutely would. Because honestly, we need to remember, I'm an old, I'm, again, I'm, I think I'm quite older than you, Dean. Okay. The wisdom of the older generation needs to be passed down. The GOP direct, the mm. grand old party direct. We are mm. a party mm. full of grand old old people okay and we want to pass down that email message to I you i thought the grand old modified the word party but i guess you're saying that these are grand olds who are who are part of a party it's like oh i'm sorry our... you call it a birthday party is the party having a birthday no the person's <laughs> having a birthday oh uh you're absolutely right i don't know why i never thought is of it, that i mean is it <laughs> i don't know why that of course that makes total sense that makes total sense dean well uh this is fascinating, and I can't wait to talk a little more about it, um, but we need to get to our second guest. So um, my second guest today can realign your chakras just by looking at you. But before we get to that, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back. We've been talking with copywriter and political strategist Tandy Schiltz. But now I'm going to bring my second guest into the conversation who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She is a spiritual guru to the stars, offering guidance and natural medicines to the likes of celebrities such as Tommy Wiseau and Billy Baldwin. She claims to have recently developed a homeopathic cure for coronavirus made from ingredients procured at a Trader Joe's. She raises and trains 16 pet ferrets. Please welcome Jenica Nightwolf. Hello, Jenica. Hi, Dean. How, how are you? It's uh, lovely to see you, and you're just your energy just fills up this room in a positive way, I think. And also with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, what got you into uh, healing people and helping people, especially ce celebrities? You know, Dean, I was born into a line of healers. My mother, my mother before her, and my mother before her. All my mothers. Your mothers before all those people? Okay. I had no choice. Yeah, it seems like, it seems like you didn't. And you've been a, a healer your whole life. Were your mothers... Uh, healers of, of famous people, or was that something that you started? Absolutely. My mother, before my mother, was a healer for, a personal healer to to actress Judy Garland. Wow. What a job that must have been, Dean. What a job. What a job. I mean, what troubled, a... Troubled girl. What an interesting life, right? What an interesting life that was. I, I think famously met a tragic end. Did your mother have anything to do with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I can't talk about that, though, Dean. I would never uh, levy any kind of uh, punishment for your mother's sins on you, of course, right? You're a and whole separate person. And also with you, yes. <laughs> Great. So, um, uh, and what do, you, what, what do you find rewarding when you really get in there with a celebrity, like a, like a Billy Baldwin, for example, uh, and you really can help them? What's that like for you? What do you get out of that? Sure, sure. Excellent question. So... I mean, as of now, I'm a teleguru because sure, of the times yeah. we live in. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're familiar. Yeah, of course. Everything's but online. But I, I catch these stars, and I should be clear, only male stars. Okay, really? I catch them at their most vulnerable. Yeah. I encourage them to look inward and then outward, uh-huh. and then in the middle. And in the middle. What is, where's the middle exactly? The middle is uh, the subcutaneous layer. Okay. What would I find in looking at my own subcutaneous letter, l- layer that I might not find inner or outer Sure. Layers. I think you'll find your wrongdoings. Hmm. That's things, where they hide? Things you've completely messed up and have actually erased from your subconscious. Okay. My <laughs> not subconscious. Subconscience. And what, what, what's the difference? What is your subconscious? Your subconscious is what, what lives in the past but needs to be brought to the present. Okay. Wow. This is all uh, brand new to me, and uh, I'm a little bit intimidated by it all. Um, what What is? What are your some of your like sort of success stories? When When you uh, When you look at somebody and think, "I did that," uh, thank God they had me in their life. What does that look like for you? Sure. Well, I'll tell you about a failure. How about that? Okay. That's exactly the opposite of my question, but <laughs> I I would love to hear it. Sure. I asked my intern to book Alec Baldwin, and what does he do? He goes and he books his brother Billy. Okay. And that was, that's not your personal failure though, right? Uh, Alec needs help, Dean, and I wasn't able to do so. Okay, I see. But uh, you can just ask Billy for Alex's number. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it. They're not on good terms. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Um, what, can, what can we all do to be a little healthier, more grounded, uh, you know, in these trying times, do you think? Sure, sure. Well, this actually ties perfectly into the... Um, the vaccine I'm working on. Yeah, I'm so interested in that. It's it's not quite a vaccine, more of an elixir, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I, I deliberately, uh, it looks like in the information you gave me, you deliberately did not use the word vaccine. Um, vaccine how- schmaxine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maxine Waters. Okay. Um, she's not my client because she's a woman. Right. What is behind the decision to only work with male celebrities? A woman just can't be helped, Dean. I see. So, They're in other words, causes. you watched your mom fail with Judy Garland, and you said, never again. Is that... And I, I, I watched myself fail. I, oh, okay. I did a Teleguru situation okay. with um, famed actress Tina Fey. Oh, okay. She, she enters the meeting. She's sure. sitting in a yurt, absolutely sweating through all her pores from mm. her subcutaneous layer. Sure, okay. There are men all over... The yurt. Uh-huh. She's fully clothed, I should say. Okay. There's, there's a copy of the Kama Sutra behind her, and I say, Tina, that's all I was going to give you. You were going to give her a copy of the Kama Sutra? That's all women ever want. Have you ever met one? I, I admittedly do not have a whole lot of women in my life. Why do you think that is? Wow, I feel like I'm being helped already. No. Are, be, are you just helping me out of habit because I'm a man? Because I'm definitely not a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to you, Dean. Uh, we, somehow we've managed to talk about uh, f- talk for five minutes and not get back to the coronavirus cure that you have. What's uh, what's 
in it, if you can tell us, and what motivated you to try to to come up with some kind of an elixir that would uh, cure this virus. Sure, sure. So you're you're familiar with the the institution Trader Joe's? Yes, of course. There's yes. one in every corner these days. Yeah, uh-huh. it's 2018. Yeah, no, it's it's not actually, but I. Uh. So Trader Joe's, uh-huh. they they have a a password protected section of their store, Dean. Their online store or their ver- their ver- in their in person store, store okay. Dean. Is it like like I'm picturing kind of the beaded curtain in the old video stores where the adult films would be beyond that curtain? Yes, it's something something like that. Okay, something and what's like back that. there? Oh, what's back there are are a genre of frozen meals. Okay. A, a knockoff seafood. Uh huh. Lobster dinner, hold the lobster. Um, are we looking at like factory seconds or something? Or no, 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 these are factory firsts. Okay. Maybe I'm uh, digging too deeply into this part of the uh, the cure when I really just want to know, like, how, how did you come to put these ingredients together and how do you test its effectiveness? The ingredients were already together, Dean. I sat down one night, watched my Jeopardy, have my imitation crab. Uh-huh. And I didn't have the coronavirus. Boom and boom. Okay. So your sample size, your pool, is... Myself, yes. Yourself, one person, right? And Have you tried to Ta- and Tommy Wizzo. He was the oh. only one of my clients who was willing to okay indulge me. That tracks, I think. And and was it effective on him? It was, yes. Okay. Well, the second time. Okay, so he had coronavirus. The first time he did contract the coronavirus. Okay, from the crab meat. Uh, one can only assume. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so 50% of this time, this takes away coronavirus, and 50% of the time, this gives you coronavirus. It's pretty good odds, right, Dean? No, it's not, but I... Uh, <laughs> it's actually worse odds than just getting the coronavirus normally. Eh. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate your efforts. I think it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I got to bring Tandy back into the conversation and ask, Tandy, I feel like uh, Jenica might even be able to benefit from some of your tactics, because I feel like maybe some of the people who would uh, buy into you know, who buy into your emails uh, and some of your conspiracy theories might buy into uh, Jenica's coronavirus cure or something. Well, uh, let me just say these are consp- uh, theories that we are conspiring to create. So thank you for using the correct terminology. Okay, these are great. not conspiracy theories. Sure. I would say, though, that Miss um, Nightwolf has already done a great job already. I feel like you've used my creative method um, oh, earlier because we're making fear around vaccines, correct? And mm. earlier you had mentioned... I believe vaccine, schmaxine, maxine waters. There's something there. (laughs) Yeah, sure. There's absolutely something there. Like if I got an email with that as the subject heading, I would click on it right away. You would if it just said vaccine, schmaxine, maxine waters. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. And I gotta tell you, Tandy, what you said about about PizzaGate was inspirational because I was actually the the court-ordered guru for those participants of the Pizzagate scandal. Oh, my God. That wow. was you. That was me. I, <laughs> you have such long hair now. <laughs> wow. And uh, as, a, as the court-ordered guru, what were your responsibilities to the... You're talking about the people who... The no. Clinton administration, yes. Oh, okay. What were, what were your duties as a, as a court-appointed guru? Well, of course, I didn't touch Hillary. Hmm. Lost cause, woman. Okay. What did you? What were you able to accomplish as the guru in that situation? I accomplished far more than I ever could have could have set out to hope for, Dean. 
Indeed, she did. I I can recall I was there. As, right. As, yes. As we already as we established. I rem- I recall very vividly the main two duties, if I can recall. Sure. Of your position in the court. You, of course, did the morning prayer yes. to center us as mm-hmm. we started this courtroom, uh, uh, this courtroom time <laughs> with one another. Right. Do you remember what the prayer was, yeah. Tandy? Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget. I'll do the first part. Why don't you do the second part? So this wasn't a this wasn't a a trial. This was just courtroom time that had been set up. It was up. courtroom time, Gene. Sure. Okay. Nothing, there were judges and a, a, and a bailiff and, of course, okay. the jury. But, of course, it was just time. Just yeah. time. Yeah. That's all we have. That's and all so we have. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to hear Of the, course. The, the courtroom prayer. prayer began with, May your pores sweat and pour out of you and let you take time to be censored in today's courtroom proceedings. And to help the poor sweat. Mm. The poor on your forehead. Wow. And also with you. And okay. also with you, yes. Yeah, thank, okay. thank, I was going to I wasn't I like sure that if you were going to double entendre there, because I'm assuming you're talking about pores on a body and also pores as in poor people. So. Ah, oh, he's that, smart. He has a brain. Do you want a job with GOP Direct? That's some good words wow. there, Dean. Wow. I, this is all happening so fast. I, I don't know that I, I have don't the Don't jump to any to, decisions, Dean. I Oh, thank you for being my de facto guru. Oh, I, this is... This is more that, 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 than has happened in my personal life in a long, long time. I feel like I'm job offers are being thrown at me and, and free guru advice. Well, I- and I'm not worthy of Inter- it. All. Internship offer. Oh, internship. Internships. Okay, that makes more sense for me. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I, I want to ask before we get going here about um, what, 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 what keeps you both busy in your free time. And uh, uh, Tandy, I know that you are sort of like we mentioned before, a little bit uh, obsessed with the films of the 90s and, uh, and 2000s. And you make shoebox dioramas of some of your favorite scenes and some of your favorite films. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Smoking. <laughs> uh, and you just put your mask back on just to say that one indeed, line. Indeed, I did. I did. One of my most recent dioramas was of, it's it's typically mashups of mm. the movies that I wish found each other in that oh, era really? of movie making. Okay, cool. So I had combined Mean Girls mm-hmm. with Jaws. Okay. It was called Mean Jaws. Sure. And it was about this group of sassy sharks in a local high school in Ohio uh-huh. who were just trying to be on top and do what they could to eat people. Hmm. And they were, and the main character, um, you know, instead of uh, the lovely Lindsay Lohan, it was of course uh, uh, a Qu- uh, a Quint. Right. Right. I believe that Quint was the, the 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 proxy for yeah. Kate, Katie Heron. So this, you fit this all in a shoebox? It's all in a shoebox. <laughs> Three sharks, a school, uh, Katie Heron proxy, who now, is uh, Quint. <laughs> so you've made this diorama. Jenica, you keep some ferrets in your place, is that correct? And you're, and you're sort of training them? And uh, What, what uh, is that, that all about? That's correct, Dean. Um, I can't say too much about it. You can't? But why, why not? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say this. Imitation crab tastes a lot like non-imitation ferret. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no! But you got the imitation crab from the back room at Trader Joe's. Well, the password protected room well, at Trader Joe's. Okay. Password protected. Password protected. Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. <laughs> Tandy Schultz was played by Brian Park. He performs regularly on the main stage improv team at Vermont Comedy Club. He's so funny. Jenica Nightwolf was played by Maddie Hyams. She is a stand-up comedian based in L.A. Listen to her wonderful podcast. It's called OK Fine What? And you can find it on the Unicow Podcast Network. 
I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfell. Follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, Fans of the Corporation. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And while you're at it, maybe write us a nice review. The Corporation is a production of Unicow Media, the official tiny little podcast network of Vermont Comedy Club, located in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. 